Welcome back to the Generous Life Podcast. Eddie Copeland here, excited to continue our conversation in the Unite Vertical as we look at why we have just put such a strong emphasis point on investing in the health and wholeness of leaders here in South Florida. Recently, while I was hosting a soul care event here in Boca with some national leaders, my colleague Brad Schmidt, who's also a local pastor, sat down with Mindy Caliguire, who leads soulcare.com, but has been a great part of our soul care journey, investing in the health and wholeness of pastors and ministry leaders here in South Florida over the last five years. And they had a conversation around what does soul care actually mean? What does it practically look like? And I think you're going to be in for a treat as they dive into that conversation together. Mindy, thank you for being with us today. Thanks, Brad. Yeah. So you you run an organization called Soul Care. I do. Right? And I you do. actually you actually have the domain soulcare.com. Yes, so, sir. So uh, people are Googling Soul Care. They're going straight to you. So that's my hope. <laughs> yeah, that's the hope. Um, good job in the acquisition of that website, uh, that domain name. There's a fun story there. Yeah. Uh, could you could you help define for you what is soul care? Yeah, yeah, easily. Uh, for me, soul care, when I say soul care, I'm talking about the things that we do to intentionally place ourselves uh, with a reminder of God's presence with us, a reminder of the reality of the kingdom, a rem- living in a pace of life, living in certain rhythms, practices, relationships, all of which are ways we care for our soul. But the end of it is never the practices, the rhythms, the relationships. The end is how do I keep my soul alive to God in real time? Like right now, today, in this very moment while you and I are talking, how are we staying alive to God? Well, all of those things taken in full are the ways we care for our soul to keep us in a place of intimacy, abiding, you could say, John 15 image. How do we stay connected to the vine? Not in concept with knowing certain truths about God, which is part of our problem, I believe. Um, Those are foundational, essential, but how do we then stay in that place of real-time connection. I love that definition, and I love that description of it. How do leaders, in your view, get off the vine? Yeah. Like, yeah. What, what are some of those, the triggers, the temptations, the just the ways we, we sidestep the presence of God? If we're not living on the presence of God, what, what else are we living off of? Can you, you know, speak to that a little bit? You know, in part of my own story was my own soul's very severe implosion in the context of church ministry many years ago. So my husband and I were church planting, and my bottom just sort of fell out, like everything everything fell apart for me with physical symptoms. Um, and so I was quite sidelined. And during that time, it's funny you mentioned that um, metaphor of how do we get off the vine. Uh I was, you know, we're church planning, you do all the things you need to for a church plant, and I was leading like a bunch of small groups and running the whole back end of the church and all the other stuff. And uh, one night when I couldn't sleep, because often with those physical symptoms of vertigo, I could not could not sleep well, um, I just sensed God saying to me, you know, hey, Mindy, remember that verse you were having all three of your small groups memorize, John 15, 5, mm-hmm. right? You know, if you remain in me. Jesus says, and multiple times during that Last Supper, if you will remain in me, you'll bear much fruit. We love that part. And he said, you know, apart from me, you can do nothing. Nothing. Yep. 
And I just sensed, I think God has the best sense of humor of anybody, right? But I just sensed him saying, you know, what part of nothing didn't you understand? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And Brad, there's a lot about nothing that I think we don't understand. And I've reflected on this a lot over the years because Psalm 139 tells us, you know, there's nowhere I can go from Mm. his presence. Yeah. Right? Romans tells us neither height nor depth nor angels nor demons nor anything, and I'm skipping half the verse, but nothing can separate us from the love of God. So what did Jesus mean? What what did he say? What was he saying to his disciples then and to us now about living yeah. a life of remaining? And there's a lot that can be said about that, but I'm going to pause that whole thought and mm-hmm. we can go back to it if you're interested. But I think a big reason that pastors and leaders and many Christians no matter what their vocational role, do not stay remaining mm. is because we have no imagination for it. We mm. actually don't. We believe, and there again, there's parts of truth in all this, that once you're saved, that deal's been done. We literally use that language. And the rest of your life is, you know, try to behave and follow God as, as best you can. But we don't yeah. have an imagination for the soul as driving everything that matters to us, mm. kind of like the Proverbs four twenty three. You know, it's like above all else, guard your heart, because from there, yeah, is and we we would say many times, above all else, guard your theology. Or yeah, above all else, guard your, you know, vocational passion, and those things matter. But I believe they're all derivative, mm. and they all derive from a real time in the moment living connection with God. Yeah. And that metaphor Jesus used was pretty strong, right? It's like a vine. We all know that metaphor. It knows how to live, and it gets connected to a grafted-in plant. Well, that's us. Yeah. When it disconnects from that, there's no life that flows through that point of connection. And yeah. so utterly predictable things happen as a result. But what causes us to disconnect, which is, I think, more your mm-hmm. question— Oh, everything, right? Mm. Like disappointments, failures, temptations, distractions, deception, the enemy. Like there's so many things that turn our head that have us chasing after, you know, ego-driven things or things to secure our own well-being, which is just what the people of Israel did all throughout the Old Testament. This is, this is, the pattern is God invites us into relationship with him as our guide, our friend, our, you know wise counselor and and we want a king. Yeah. That's beautiful. Well said. I, I can you just give me more of an imagine I like I'm I'm so intrigued by what you said. Like I'm on the edge of my seat now and I'm just <laughs> like I want to know more. I feel like you're tapping into some some mysteries that a lot mm-hmm. of people don't 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 tap into, don't don't get like you've encountered something, experienced something transformative. And it seemed like the linchpin is this imagination yeah. for the presence of God. Could you speak like give me, give us a yeah. little more of give me that imagination. Yeah. That because I, I would imagine the idea is we want to chase after that. Yes. We want to <laughs> pursue that. Right? Yes. So so speak more to that yes. imagination. Oh, guys, like think about Brad, think about all the things we know from scripture. That there is a kingdom of this earth, right? It's what you and I are sitting on chairs right now, and we've got these microphones in front of us, and we can hear each other's voices and see each other. And this is this is the kingdom of this world. And God loves this world. That's this is this is part of his creation. 
what is simultaneous to this world is the reality of the kingdom of the heavens. Okay. Mm -hmm. That Jesus said he came to announce the availability of this, right? To say he is the path in and it is available to all who would seek him, follow him, et cetera. So, but if you think about, so that's what Jesus came to do. If you think about that and broaden sort of our aperture of how we think about the full of scripture, think of um, what is it, Elijah's servant when they're surrounded by an mm-hmm. opposing army mm-hmm. and he comes out to tell Elijah, like, hey, we got, we, we got a problem. Yeah. There's a whole army surrounding us and yeah. we are not their people right now. Yeah. And Elijah prays that the eyes of his servant would be opened. Mm-hmm so that he could see what was really surrounding them. Mm. That's true of us right now, too, Wow! while we sit here, okay? The reality of the kingdom of the heavens, the unseen world, is in, in I think, the view of Scripture. I don't want to say my view. I believe the, 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 the authority of Scripture and our lived experience would convey that there is a reality of God's presence, His power, His governance, His rule, all of those things that undergirds, and I'm like, doing hand motions mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. people can hear me, but yeah. <laughs> undergirds, right? Like holds up, that's in Colossians, it holds up and permeates, like is simultaneous to and yeah. all of that. Okay, so the kingdom of God of the heavens undergirds, permeates, and supersedes, like has the final authority over everything that you and I interact yeah. with every single day. And yeah. so the enemy of our souls, mine and yours, is always trying to pull our eyes off of that unseen realm, mm. world, right? And so why, you know, we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Yeah, We, you know, in the in Isaiah 26, 2 is a really great uh, 3, 26, 3, um, that he, God, will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast, for they trust in him. I, I love that. I'm chal- I'm personally challenged by that. Like my, I get knocked mm. off my horse of, that's probably not the best metaphor, but <laughs> <laughs> I get knocked off the path of that intimacy with God. Like we, you know, you think of all the, all the examples, Peter trying to walk on water. Yeah. He sees the wind and the waves. Correct. And that's when we fall. Yeah. That's when we start to not be able to live in the, I mean, he was totally putting his confidence in the yeah. unseen walking on water. It makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah. And easily we get distracted from that unseen realm. But but just back to your question of, I think that's the vision, is that we are invited, Jesus invites us into not human striving for his goals while we're here on earth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He invites us into partnership with what he is doing in the seen and the unseen. And that that is the that is the biggest joy, that is the biggest gains, that is the biggest victory, even if it looks in the world's eyes to be failure, we know in hindsight, God turns these things into what he was orchestrating in the unseen. And I think for me, that's the, that is the main thing is how do we continue to surround ourselves with reminders of the unseen reality? So, so uh, as I'm listening to you, you know, a couple threads seem to be emerging, but the one that's most dominant for me right now is this idea of presence. You've even mm-hmm. said a couple different ways, a couple different times, like what's happening in this room right now. Yeah. Like, can I ask you, what is happening in this room right now? <laughs> like, talk to me about what is God doing? Because that this is what I think what you're trying to do, the work, great work you're doing is getting leaders yeah. 
to be present with God, yeah. to not be thinking about the next objective, the next goal, the next mountain you have to climb, yep. success, yep. accumulation, but actually sitting with God right now and going, God is active and you're partnering yeah. with him right now. So how would you answer that? What is God doing well, right now? And Brad, sometimes that's fully mystery. Yeah. I'd love to be able to say, oh, here's exactly what's yeah. happening, but yeah. you would immediately know I'm a liar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let's not go there. Yeah. Um, but I like the imagination of leaders. I, I, I think I'm going to you know, speak to this a little bit at this event that we're at today, but yeah. um, I think leaders and, and all of God's people, frankly, sit as what I think of as hinge points between mm-hmm. the seen and the unseen. Mm. We contend in the here and now, because all the things you mentioned, and not all of them, the ego-driven stuff, let's leave that off to the side, but plans get made and budgets get set and strategies get determined and people get hired or fired. And like that's all part of what happens in the scene. And God, God's in that stuff. God loves that stuff. God's a God of order. Yeah. God's a God of... like We can think of all yeah. the things about that. But what's also simultaneous, God's presence is with us. God invites us to ask Him for wisdom when we need wisdom. Yeah. God uh, asks us to count it joy when we encounter different trials. Like yeah. th- that, those, is, those all um, sort of require a confidence in the unseen as the mm. ultimate realm. So when we sit and as hinge points, you and I right now yeah. sitting in this room, yeah. what can we see around us? Yeah, I mean, I see audio equipment. I see an audio engineer who's yep. fantastic, by the way. Tyler, you're doing a great job. Uh, I see Go windows. I see, you yeah. know, I see, right. I see you. Yeah. And what's going on around us? Yeah. There's an event today. Correct. And you're about to go walk on a stage with a bunch of people. And, <laughs> you know, I'm going to be in the audience and, and you're going to give a keynote talk and I'm going to listen to it. <laughs> right. And I'm going to see friends I haven't seen in a while. Exactly. You know, I, I, once I walk out these doors, oh, I haven't seen, you know, like that's so all now happening. broaden out, broaden out further. Yeah. Yeah. You work and you lead a whole part of what's going on in SEF South Florida. Yeah. What's going on with that today? We have an event tonight where we're having our corporate partners. Uh, mm-hmm. We're going to celebrate them, mm-hmm. sh- share successes. So I'll be getting ready for that a little bit today. Right. Um, that's what's going on. Yeah. So um, let's just stay that big, although we could yeah. keep making the circles yeah. larger of yeah. allowing our minds to think about what else is going on right now today in yeah. our world? And if you imagine God's heart for you and me mm-hmm. and Tyler mm-hmm. and for the people that are coming to our event today, yeah. Um, and then I, I'm going to keep going, but you could pause that for each of these. Uh, and then what are what is God's heart for the people coming to your gathering tonight? Yeah. What would be the best dream? that you could dream over the outcomes of that event. Yeah. I mean, if people leaving, just feeling the love that we have for them, Mm -hmm. um, feeling excited about the investment they've made, that it's showing a kingdom return on that investment. Um, So love, excitement, hope, those are some of the things I I want Yep. those participants, those people showing up to walk away with. And as they have an imagination for what their resources can do in the scene yeah. with an eye to the unseen, yeah, <clears throat> that the things that they may invest in in South Florida 
have far greater return kingdom than whatever is in the stock market these days. Yeah. Like there's, those are all real decisions that those people are yeah. have made and are making. And you would want them to feel that they uh, they're seeing that. Mm. Okay, so you want them to see something into the unseen. Yeah, and you want them to be present to the love God has for them. Yeah, and the love that you have for them. Anyway, you're a hinge point. Yeah. Okay. And so when we when we sit ourselves in that, how much of all those things I just said can you directly control? Uh, I mean, so little, right? right? So little. I can <laughs> give them sobering. updates. I can give them updates, but I don't know what's going to land. I don't know they'll right? be disappointed. Right? That's not enough. You know, totally. I, it's sobering. Uh, did I meet their expectations? Did I not? All of that is so mysterious to me. Right. And so what do we do with pain or mystery or fear? I, I, I mean, I... I personally put my head down and plow. Mm -hmm. I try to take as much control as I can to manufacture <laughs> things because I'm a weasel, Mindy. <laughs> Brad, you know? you're so honest. You know, like I, you know, we've I, never I, met, and here you are, like bearing. Uh, you know what I like about this conversation? We're not talking about soul care. We're doing soul care, <laughs> uh, and I'm not paying you for it, which is great. So I'm taking full advantage of this. But uh, no, it's but those great. are some of the things I do to deal with pain and mystery. I I put my head down and plow. Right. So. So yeah. when we recognize, because we all yeah. we all have that tendency, because that's the nature of mm -hmm. of fear, of caring so very much about outcomes, our jobs, the kingdom, all these things that that put additional pressure on us. Yeah, and I have my own set of those. Yeah. so you're not, you know, and I'm totally unqualified to me. give you soul care. By the way, so you're, you're, I'm definitely <laughs> getting the better deal. Yeah, I'm, I, no, 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 <laughs> I'm getting the better deal here. Continue. All le all <laughs> learning is learning, and so, Brad, I would say to you on this day today. When your head starts to go to, oh, did we get the agenda set right? Is the room ready? Is this, is that, is this, whatever. Yes, you're going to do what you need to do when those thoughts come to mind to yeah. make sure the job is being done. And at the same time, we can receive those as invitations mm. to rest ourselves once again in God's good care. Mm. To believe and to know, to not know like, oh, I, I kind of have this head knowledge, but to the same way that you have confidence in that chair that you're sitting in right now, yeah, that you could literally let your weight be held, the weight of your concerns today, the weight of a yoke that you've been asked to hold, mm -hmm. invited, um, yeah, to rest that in God's good care. God, I'm a beloved son. Mm -hmm. uh, I will trust the outcomes of this event to you. Yeah. Um, Remind me if there's anything else I need to do that hasn't been done yet. But that's what then draws us to prayer. God, you know who's coming to our event tonight, and you know what their deepest need is right now. And so this drives us to intercession. This drives us to not like, mm -hmm. I mean, yes, if you want to wake up at four in the morning and do your praying then, I'm a big fan of that. Yeah. I, this morning it felt like I was up at 4 a.m., but that's just because I'm on mountain time. Mm -hmm. But uh, that's the invitation to praying without ceasing. It's not like you stop everything else you're doing to pray. It's praying simultaneous to everything else you're doing. And that's what keeps us, back to the grafting metaphor, yeah. connected in real time to God. Even if like those psalms that we read are that are like, I think they're called the imprecatory psalms. Mm -hmm. They're pretty feisty, mm -hmm. a little grumpy. Mm -hmm. um, not yeah. your typical conversation of, you know, I'll place my joy in the Lord. And they're like really hard. Even they are an example of when we're being honest with God about what's really going on and turning that conversation Godward, 
that keeps us connected. Yeah. And that's the whole game. Yeah. The whole game is connection because when there's connection, then we can receive strength, ideas, perspective, all kinds of stuff, reassurance. Yeah. Then we don't show up at an evening event all in our own head Correct. and unable to connect with people. We show up yeah. as somebody who's deeply loved, yeah. able to love, able to withstand a trial, you know, we become different kinds of people. Yeah. I've always loved those Psalms, the, the, even the imprecatory Psalms mm -hmm. where the Psalmist is saying, you know, I wish my enemies were, you know, knocked out, you know, would you take them out? Oh, I think <laughs> it's me? like dash their baby's dash heads their baby's on heads. the rocks. I, I mean, it's bad. But I'll tell you what I love, have always loved about mm -hmm. that is when you, everybody has that anger mm -hmm. and either you're angry to God or you're angry away from God. And that's what's mm -hmm. beauty. That's the beautiful yes. thing about the psalmist well said. is they're angry to God. Because if you don't take that to God, mm -hmm. what ends up happening is you take, you dash the heads, you, you take yeah. violence upon your, you bottle it up, you explode. And I just love that invitation to bring your whole self mm -hmm. to God. And I, I think that's really the essence of the work you do. Mm. It's helping people not bottle it in, mm -hmm. not take these alternative routes to dealing with their yep. emotional pains and their struggles yep. and, and their problems, but actually bringing the whole self to God. Thanks for tuning in to part one of the Generous Life podcast with Brad Schmidt and Mindy Calaguire. Be sure to join us for our next episode as we continue that conversation. But if you'd like to learn more or get involved with anything that you've heard, visit our Church United website, churchunitedfl.com, and navigate over to that Soul Care tab where you can learn about all the ways that we are investing in the health and wholeness of leaders here in South Florida. As a reminder, our Church United initiative is part of the NCF ecosystem here in South Florida that is invest, equip, and unite as we chase after the health and wholeness of ministry leaders for the sake of God's kingdom here in South Florida.